This is the Opening Market Podcast for Friday on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. I'm Mark Magnuson. Joined today by Matt Bennett of agmarket.net. Matt, what are we seeing taking place in the grains after yesterday's WASD report? Yeah, it looks kind of like a quiet tone, if you will, which in all honesty, yesterday, uh, obviously the markets didn't necessarily handle the report all that well. We were lower going into the report, but you know, you didn't necessarily uh, uh, get any positive momentum. Of course, corn and beans both settled lower. You would kind of hope maybe you could get a bit of a rebound here on Friday heading into the weekend, but right now it just doesn't look like anybody's too awfully interested just yet. Matt, what were your biggest takeaways from yesterday's report from the USDA? Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to tip your cap to that corn yield. I mean, up 1.9 bushels. I think most of us felt like that the yield would go up. As far as going up a couple bushels, uh, I don't think there's too many folks that were calling for it, you know, but there was some some people out there talking about it. I mean, the bean yield going up 0.3, that was actually exactly what we pegged it at. We were just, of course, guessing based on our customers, but we felt like bulk yields would creep up somewhat. I was very surprised that uh, USDA raised corn demand, 125 million bushels. You know, uh, I guess I'm glad that they did, considering that they raised the yield. But at the same time, I'm not totally sure that I, to- you know, that I agree with all the adjustments. But uh, I don't want their job either. And Matt, is there anything in the report yesterday that surprised you at all, or maybe caught your eye a little bit? Yeah, I mean, raising corn exports 50 million bushels uh, would come to the top of my mind. I mean, I I don't know that uh, right now I would necessarily predict that. You know, I know we've seen really good exports, for instance, to Mexico. Large, Most of that was largely expected. Uh, I don't know that Mexico will keep the kind of pace that they've had as far as their purchases have been concerned. Of course, they haven't uh, taken delivery of near all that corn. And I think that uh, that's going to slow down somewhat. But I, I certainly hope that the USDA is correct, because we are going to need that kind of demand, uh, given the fact that we're going to have a little bit more corn available than what the uh, we originally thought, but that'd probably be the first one that would come to mind. Of course, uh, uh, feeding residual usage. I mean, everybody thinks that's just feed, but you know, it includes residual usage, which is in, in essence, that's kind of like uh, the USDA is able to use that category for whatever they want. So uh, I don't know, from my personal standpoint, I think demand is something that could change as you, as you go through time, as it always does. You know, a lot of that will have to do with price. Uh, but bottom line is, you know, you're still looking at almost, uh, you know, a 2.15 carry. That's a big carry. Matt, is there anything that you can take away from the report going forward this week and maybe what we might see happen in the markets going forward into next week? Yeah, I mean, from my vantage point, uh, you know, if you don't get South American weather, like a, if you don't continue to see this bullish influence from South America, I'm concerned you know, that you could see the markets uh, give away some of what we've seen over the last month or so. And that's, you know, of course, going to be in the bean market. Corn really hasn't done anything uh, to write home about. Uh, We've actually been lower. But the bean market over the last month has definitely performed really well. And so, you know, could we give all of those gains up if we don't watch what we're doing? Absolutely. So, you know, I, I think a person needs to remember, hey, uh, we can't outguess these markets. It's pretty tough to do so. But if you know that where we're sitting today, whether it's old crop, new crop, whatever you want to uh, call it, uh, whichever one it is, if you're profitable, uh, stepping in and locking in some worst case scenarios is not a bad idea. You know, because again, we're at the mercy of uh, weather on the other side of the globe. 
And with that being the case, you know, uh, you're definitely susceptible if this market turns around. What's taking place on the other side of the ag marketplace in the livestock? I don't even know if we want to talk about it, to be honest with you. It's, uh, yesterday was pathetic. I mean, uh, absolute meltdown in the cattle market. You know, you saw fats down five bucks, feeders down eight bucks. And, and when it, whenever, what it boils down to is USDA also reports on meats, you know, the, the supply, if you will, of beef is uh, a lot larger than what people thought. It kind of goes hand in hand, or the, the projection, if you will. And it goes hand in hand with what, what the cattle on feed report said. Okay, so again, I mean, basically people are feeding a lot of cattle. They're retaining heifers. Uh, numbers that are on feed are big. And so with that being said, you know, you got to ask yourself, what, what direction is this thing going to go? Because, uh, you know, overall, the, the total cattle inventory, uh, overall, I'm talking herd size, is just, uh, you know, 65, 70-year lows. And with that being the case, uh, yes, you've got a big supply of beef that's available and being fed currently. But I'll tell you what, on the back side of that is a herd that keeps shrinking. And so with that being the case, you know, eventually your cattle on feed reports are going to be excessively bullish. Uh, but between now and then, it sure looks to me like the funds are wanting to liquidate their cattle along and, and uh, set to the sidelines for the time being. Maybe they think the story's over for now. Uh, I don't think the story's over by any means. But as far as these uh, wildly high prices, you're probably going to have to, uh, uh, you know, temper your expectations for now. And Matt, what about the hog market? Yeah, hog market, not as much excitement going on there as what there was as far as uh, uh, cattle's concerned. But uh, so far this week hasn't been a good week. You know, I mean, the hog market just really hasn't uh, uh, been able to get anything going. And so we had a nice little uptrend going. It uh, looks like we've kind of violated that over the last couple of days. Uh, it looks to me like it's more of a consolidation type pattern as far as hogs are concerned. And so, you know, again, I've been saying lately, it sure was nice to be able to bounce off those lows down the 60s, but uh, it just doesn't seem like we can get anything sustained here in this hog market. And Matt, something that I've been talking with some of your colleagues at agmarket.net about just kind of the upcoming picture for the hog market going into kind of next year and some of the things I've been reading and some of the reports from economists and people that uh, know the hog market really well, they've been saying it looks like it could improve a little bit next year, but it's not going to improve a whole lot. Do you kind of have that same viewpoint? Do you look at it the same? I look at it the same. It, it's tough. You know, I mean, the thing is, we're heavily reliant on China. The Chinese economy is going to be boiling right through and, you know, they're going to be importing hogs or uh, importing pork from us. Then by all means, you would feel a little bit better about what's going on. But for the time being, I just uh, struggle to think uh, with what we're hearing out of their uh, their country. I mean, there's still a, a lot of concerns about their growth. And uh, I guess I've got to think that for the for, for now, I can't get super bullish in here. I think we're going to languish around. I don't look for any sort of major rally efforts. Uh, hopefully, that doesn't mean that we're going to go much lower. Uh, you know, 60-some dollar hogs like we've seen recently look awfully cheap, but I've seen them a lot lower than that before, and I, I sure hope we don't head uh, even farther south. Matt Bennett of agmarket.net, our guest here on Friday. Matt, thank you so much for the time. How can our listeners get in touch to personalize their marketing plan? Just agmarket.net. If they go there, they can find whatever they need to and, uh, you know, be able to, uh, you know, figure out uh, how to get a hold of our research and contact us, uh, speaking engagements, you name it. Lots of great tools from Matt and the team. Matt, thank you. Have a great weekend. Absolutely. You as well. That was Matt Bennett with agmarket.net. It is time now for a check of the numbers. 
December corn down three and a half at 464 and a half. November soybeans up two and a quarter at 1330 even. January soybean meal down two dollars and ten cents at 434.30. January soybean oil up 83 cents at 50.59. Chicago wheat down four even at 576 and three quarters. Minneapolis wheat down seven and three quarters at 726 and three quarters. Kansas City hard red wheat down five and three quarters at 641 and a half. December oats down five and a quarter at 327 and three quarters. On the Merck, December live cattle down 40 cents at 173.95. November feeder cattle down 77 cents at 228.22. December lean hogs down 60 cents at 70.90. December pork cutout up 37 cents at 81.35. And class 3 milk down 3 cents at 17.12. This has been a check of the opening markets on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network.